Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. I started this show because I wanted to cut through the BS of diet culture and fitness culture and actually learn from high achieving women at the top of their game who have figured out how to feel and perform their best at every stage of life. So I chat with experts, elite athletes, and leaders who have learned to succeed despite the massive gender data gap in exercise and medical science and product development. Every episode is filled with information, advice, and anecdotes that will help you fulfill your potential as an athlete, mom, leader, or business owner. And listen up. If you don't subscribe to our women's performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hey, everyone. Okay, today's episode is a little bit different, but interesting to anyone, I think, especially if you have a passion project, a side hustle, or you run a business. It's a crossover episode with another one of our feisty podcasts, The Business of Fitness. You know I love a good collab. So anyone with a little entrepreneurial spirit or who wants to hear about the messy process of creating a digital product, this conversation is for you. The show today is a conversation between myself and the one and only Molly Herford about the process of creating an online course. As you may know, Feisty Media is creating an online course platform, so multiple courses, and our first course is called Fueled, a comprehensive nutrition course for active women. The process of creating an in-depth online course designed for smart women was honestly fairly intense. I think it's easy to reproduce others' work and present it, but I also think it's a lot harder to connect dots that haven't been connected before in education. So, for example, in this case, the dots between nutrition, exercise physiology, and women's physiology. Creating the course was fun, intense, required great communication between my team, members and was everything that a good hard project should be. (laughs) Molly asks me all the questions about creating that course. So Molly herself is a writer in love with all things cycling, running, nutrition, and movement related. She created the Consummate Athlete podcast, website, and book with husband cycling coach Peter Glassford. Molly is obsessed with getting people, especially women, psyched on adventure and being outside. That's why she created the Shred Girls, a youth adult fiction series and online community focused on getting girls excited about bikes. And as mentioned, Molly also hosts the Business of Fitness podcast with Feisty Media, focusing on bringing more women into the athletic industry. And most recently, Molly founded Strong Girl Publishing to tell more stories of young girls in sport, all written by young women athletes. So get ready to hear all the messy behind the scenes details of creating an online course. (laughs) 
All right. Business of fitness back with feisty overlord, Sarah Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure how I feel about overlord. (laughs) Like a all powerful leader, uh, fearless leader. It's a bit like the patriarchy. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) okay. Sarah Gross, softer title, leader of feisty. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay that's cool it like, just, just remind me of like the old like the feudal system you know like it's if I have land and I am the it's overlord of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay no no overlords here but we do have someone who launched a very successful new e-course called fueled the first cohort is how far along are they at this point so they're about two thirds through last night. So I'm not sure when this is going to be released but last night and today we're having our expert sessions with the like that are like sort of two thirds of the way through. So two more weeks and that cohort, that first cohort is basically done. And I think, you know, before we even talk about the business side of things, let's just say the fueled e-course was such a much needed thing in the women's athletic performance space. So maybe just give us like the 30 second, what the fueled course was all about. Oh, thank you for saying that. Um, Yes. So essentially what we wanted to do was provide it's a, it's a, it is a nutrition course, but we actually only have one out of six modules that are purely about nutrition. So what we wanted to do is provide like the entire context for how we make decisions about food and fueling as athletes or as active women. Right. So we started with like the cultural context, diet culture, just pulling apart all that bullshit we've been taught. Um, and then we talked about uh, intuitive eating in the second module, which is interesting because I think a lot of us have learned to, I don't know, almost learn to like not trust ourselves anymore in terms of our food choices. And then we go into the science. So we're like the exercise physiology around why we need certain substrates, like why we need carbs, fat, protein, and the timing of that. Uh, And then we talk about, let's see, life cycle pieces, you know, so like puberty, midlife, our hormone cycles, uh, pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, of course, and postmenopause. And we kind of tie that back to nutrition. And then we have the actual like figure out then from there what it is that you need to fuel your active lifestyle. Um, Now, I've said all that, but actually it was very, very difficult because those are dots. Like connecting nutrition with female physiology with exercise are dots that like even the scientists are scrambling to connect (laughs) because we haven't done it. So we're just taking the information that we do have and trying to piece it together. Yeah, it's so funny. I'm coming off of two separate interviews today where we talked about hormones and, uh, you know, menstrual cycles and what we do and what we don't know and where the research is still just so nuanced and so new. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like, even if the research is new and we are still figuring it out, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be presenting some of it and letting people know what's, what are we learning? What, you know, what are we thinking is, is going to work from this? So I think. Yes. And also like teaching people to think for themselves. Yes. So like, here's what we do know and connect dots for yourself and what works in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So why do an e-course like just kind of at the most basic, what made you decide this is the thing to do? Oh, I, you know, as we've kind of gone down this road, like we've always sort of been about education, right? So especially through our menopause brand of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast, and then through a women's performance podcast, we started to realize like just the response we were getting that like women really do want quality information that they can trust about their bodies, about how to be active and how to feel good, et cetera. 
So we just leaned into that. And the more we leaned into it, the more we realized that people wanted it. So that was kind of our reason. Like, that's how we've done everything. Like we start with the content, (laughs) you know, and we offer it for free. And then we say like, what are people responding to? Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing about the fueling decision was that we ran kind of, I, I was almost like a social media push, like a mini campaign last fall called Fueled is Fast where we offered all kinds of stats around low energy um, availability, red S and like information around it. And we like the response that we got to that campaign, it was a two week campaign was amazing. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, this is something that people are talking about that they want to know more about. So we kind of knew the topic was right for our audience. Okay. I love that because I think so many people are tempted to start an e-course based on, you know, what, what they're particularly interested in and what they, they think people that follow them might be interested in. Mm-hmm. This feels like you, you really were able to kind of test the waters before you even had the, maybe the idea, but you sort of knew, okay, this is, this is really like landing with people. This seems like a good, good way to do it, but you could have gone in a bunch of different directions as I'm thinking about this, right? You could have gone with more of like a a one-on-one coaching or like a group coaching or, you know, more of these like high touch things. Uh, E-course is sort of this nice middle ground, especially the way you've chosen to do it. So how did you decide on the the cohort-based format? Because I think that really blends the best of both worlds of like, you're sort of dry like masterclass e-course that everyone signs up for and then doesn't take Mm -hmm. with like more of that group mindset yeah it's that's an interesting question we sort of laid it out so that we could down the road do both so one thing about an e-course is like once you've created it you can update it but you kind of you have a product you know and then you can from a business perspective you have a product you can sell it you can update it you can sell it again right um, I think for us, we we wanted a couple of things. We wanted something that was going to be a reasonable price point. Uh, so we launched the founding group was $99 US dollars. I think we're going to put the price up a little bit the second round, because now that we've got the course together, we're like, whoa, that was a massive value <laughs> for $99. Um, but we thought like a lot of Again, what we hear from our people is like the community aspect of what we do is so strong and people really like it, Mm -hmm. right? So for those people who wanted to be part of a community going through the course, and you can see it when you're in there, we had two cohorts. One was the founding cohort, which is essentially like the under 45s. And one was the menopause cohort, which is the 45 plus. And there's so many comments on the content. And so they really are like working through it together. Um, And then we have these um, expert sessions where people can bring their questions. We just thought that people wanted a community-based thing. Um, And it doesn't exclude, like it includes the people who want that, who want to work through materials with other people, but it doesn't exclude the people who don't want that. So you can, there's enough, I mean, there was a hundred dollars you know, worth the material in there like five times over, right? So like if you bought this thing for a hundred bucks and you're like, oopsie daisy, I can't come to the group things. I can't do the course right now. You still have access to that for life. Well, we're saying for life, but like if if our platform goes under, I didn't <laughs> like when someone's 85, they might not be able to log in, whatever. But, yeah, but, but we'll like, all be living in pods on spaceships. And everything <laughs> that's true. Anyway, so. no, but like, where was that field course I signed up for? Hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, they'll still be able to log in later and do it on their own if somebody wanted to do that. So it was kind of both things. One, we thought our community wanted a community-based program. Also, for those who don't, they can 
do it in at their own pace as well. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. I think it, it allows for the community, but it doesn't push the like necessity of doing the community yeah. stuff. And you could also do a little bit of community or not, mm-hmm. you know, so you can go in and you can comment, you know, and talk to people about stuff just in written, or you can attend the live session and interact directly for an hour and a half with the expert, or you could sit and listen to the live session. You could watch it later. So mm-hmm. the, the opportunity to engage is just whatever you want it to mm-hmm. be. Yeah. And I mean, with feisty, like that's something that has always stood out to me as far as like the community building. I mean, I think the like group chat thing from the summit back in November, I think people are still in there and talking in they that are. group chat. Like it's, it's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That and, community and they've supported each other so well um, from Outspoken. It's so cool. Yeah. From Outspoken, like I've talked to several of the women and they've started their own little like, uh, you know, a mastermind groups basically mm. where like, they're all talking to each other. They have um, like pretty serious, like monthly zoom calls where they are getting on a call with each other and they're going through like, Hey, what's working for you and your thing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, yeah, that kind of accountability, that kind of community, like it's amazing. And I bet we're going to see that from this e-course, even though it is, you know, all virtual, I could see, you know, like, that group's going to stick around and yeah. women are still going to be in there and they're still going to be talking like two yeah. years from now. I hope so. I sure hope so. So it's running. We got it. But putting together an e-course, can you just <laughs> like maybe just tell people how freaking hard it is? Yeah, I just, just don't want to mince my words too much, but like this was probably one of the hardest projects we've put together. Um, Which is funny because you've done so many in real life, you know, hundreds of people attending a thing at the same time, you <laughs> yeah. know, dozens of speakers and still yeah. putting this thing together is harder than that. Somehow the course, well, because, you know, we look, I look at my team, I'm like, none of us are educators by trade. You know what I mean? Like, um, none of us, we had to hire the experts to bring the material, right? So... Like, because we're a media company, right? So it's not like, we're not just like the solo person who's making the course, who's an educator, who's like an academic who makes courses all day long. Nobody is that, right? So it we there were a lot of people that had to communicate with each other to make this happen. So we had three different experts, right? We had, I hired um, a contract with Demolder Hill, they're called, and they they're amazing. And they're like, educators that's what they do and they create online courses and so hired them to put the materials together in a way that flows for a course to make it make sense and then we had three people on our team review it (laughs) so this is a lot of like wheels in motion right and there's a lot of space for like miscommunications or not knowing who's responsible for what or like all of those things we had to it took a while to streamline yeah and i mean having done like i made a very i'm gonna not even it's not crappy there's a lot of good information in it but i've done an e-course before and it was super simple it was like video you know like just me doing like long videos there was no community component there were like worksheets but that was it that took me so many hours and it wasn't it wasn't super fancy there wasn't like a high production value there wasn't really like much to it outside of videos and it still took a ridiculous amount of time yeah how many hours would you say (laughs) have gone into this 
Oh man, it was, I, I should have sat before this because I knew you were going to ask me that. I should have sat and like typed it out or whatever, but you know, <clears throat> I think there's probably two, you know, two or three people working 20 hours a week for three months, probably including myself, like, um, and then that's not including the experts time. So I think each of the experts probably spent, you know, 15 to 25 hours pulling the materials. That's three different people, right? So if someone wants to keep a math tally on this, you know, and then there's a couple other folks that are already on my team doing the reviewing. So that's probably three or four hours per module. There's six modules per person. So I don't know what that comes out to, but like pretty close to like a thousand man hours, woman hours at that yes. point, like all in. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I don't want to discourage people. Like, cause if you think about like, you know, this was something that like we wanted to, it's not perfect by any stretch, but like we wanted to do a good job of, and we knew we were sort of onto something and we have an audience, we know who we're selling it to. So we wanted to be able to provide a product that like, hundreds of people can buy the first time around, right? But if you're, you know, if you're a solopreneur, you know, and you're just, and you want to have 10 people go through your course and give you feedback on it the first time, it's a bit of a different project and it could be smaller, but like you said, it, it still takes, you know, it's not to be underestimated how long it takes. And we didn't do any, like you said, like the video quality, you mentioned video quality. Like I didn't hire a videographer or anything like that, which is another thing we could do. So we could like fly a videography team to our expert to, to record videos. Like there's, there's tons of layers of things that we could do that we didn't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's just so much that goes into it. Um, so were there any like major hurdles? I mean, last time I saw you, we were both at Sea Otter Bike Festival and you were in the media center for somehow like hours of the, every time I went in, you were in there like trying to put the finishing touches on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. So we did, you know, I'm going to say probably six weeks to two months ago, we had a major miscommunication um, with the people who were creating who actually creating the course, like the, the contractors I had hired where they, like there was a, several layers of miscommunication with the, with the experts as well, where our expectations of what we thought was going to be a simple course, quote unquote, like this simple, we kept talking about it. Like, it's just a $99 course. It's simple. But like my version of simple is still like a very in-depth course I've now learned. Right. And they were putting together a simple course. <laughs> And we are like, uh oh, like our audience cannot, like our audience is educated and they're savvy and they've listened to some of them hundreds of hours of podcasts on the types of topics that we're covering. So we need it to be, uh, we need it to be of a certain standard. So it was fine. Like it was totally fine. We regrouped and like they, um, the education, the, the two women who were providing the education pieces were like, they upped their game like, a thousand times and they're like fine yeah we can do that boom they turned it around <clears throat> and we got the modules that we needed but it was definitely a moment of like oh no like we're not thinking the same thing and we've been working on this for like six weeks and I think that is such a good thing especially if you are you know whether you're asking someone else to help you put together the e-course and like the more technical aspects or you're you know, adding other experts to it 
having that really clear, what is this? What exactly does it look like? Yeah. From the gun is going to be so much easier than editing in post. Like that was our big learn was that like, was to do exactly that, to have a very precise outline of what we wanted excuse me, to communicate with everyone. Um, and part of the reason I didn't the first time around is that I was hoping to, you know, like I only have, I have a full-time staff of five people, right? Like there's only so much of their time we can be like, hey, now we're adding this other project to your plate and this other project, right? So it takes more internal staff time to get that together in the first place, mm-hmm. which is what we're doing for our next courses coming up. Um, but it was something I was like, well, if someone else is good at this and they could do it, then why not? And I think you don't know what you don't know, right? Like, it's so easy for me <laughs> yeah. to sit here and be like, oh, yes, obviously you would have a very in-depth outline <laughs> relating exactly what you would expect from each person on the team. But mm-hmm. wh- like, why would you think of that? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like from day one, right? Like if you sort of assume that everyone's on the same page and you have no reason not to believe that. Yeah. then, you know, naturally you're expecting this. So I think it's, it yeah. just goes with the territory. Like you're And I think in our case, not. like, yeah, <laughs> like we hired someone to do that, but then it was like that first communication with like that, that first communication of what they understood mm-hmm. we were creating was different, you mm-hmm. know? So that's where it's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now the decision to hire someone to actually like put the thing together there are, I mean, there's so many different online platforms, Coursera, I'm trying to think of any of the other ones where you could do it all yourself. So this is not something where you absolutely have to have an expert. So what made you decide to actually go with an expert versus trying to DIY it? And I don't think either, like, I don't think either direction is a bad thing. Yeah. I think there's value to both. Yeah. It was more about it, just a random coincidence. So I actually met our course creators at Outspoken. Um, Yeah. So one of them had come and she just said to me randomly, we were chatting and she said, oh, I do like we create online courses. Like, that's interesting because we're thinking of doing online courses. (laughs) Um, So I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then talk to them and they're like very smart and switched on and there are people. Um, And so we decided to go that direction. If Mm -hmm. I hadn't kind of serendipitously met them, I don't think I would have gone down that road. I would have done it (laughs) ourselves. Um, But having said that, I'm really glad that I hired them because I didn't, like, I don't know anything about the flow of learning. You know, we would have just put videos into a thing. (laughs) Like, Well, exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think you also then own it on your platform rather than having it through one of those, like the plug and play ones are great for someone who's doing, you know, trying out a course and like seeing how it goes, but you lose a big percentage of your profits to that platform. Right. So you don't really own it fully. Yeah. It depends what you use. That was another thing that I've learned a ton about is like, because I did consider investing in a pretty robust LMS system, learning management system. That's what Mm. that is. So that's like the next level after your Coursera or Kajabi, which is actually where our course is in the end. But I, I wanted to have in, and in the future, I still do want to have like the possibility of AI learning um, of like the gamification of learning too, where you could like, like tap something on a video and it it does something different. You know, I think all of those things are going to be the direction of education. 
So it sort of makes sense to like think about it and know it and understand it. Um, in the end, we decided like a good, like, like a good entrepreneur running a, a startup that's bootstrapped to figure out like first what our audience wants, right? Like, are they even interested in buying courses from us? Like if we haven't answered that question, there's no reason I should be spending like five figures on an LMS system. Right? Yes. Um, so I'm glad that we just said we stuck with Kajabi, which is probably the simplest platform you could host a course on. You know, I know people who run multi, multi-million dollar businesses on Kajabi. Totally do it, right? The platform's easy to use. My whole team can go in there and do stuff. So I'm glad we stuck with it for this one. But I had to learn what I was choosing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And there's so many options out there. It's funny. I Yeah, recently, like in making the website for Strong Girl Publishing, I did the, I'm going to call it like, at the time, it seems like the good thing where you're like, okay, next action, like take the next action. And I'm like, okay, Bluehost, like, let's get signed up for this. And like, did that. And then I was like, oh, wait, this platform is terrible for my needs. Like I have made a huge mistake. Back it up, back it up, back it up. And took like eight times as long uh, to figure out where I eventually was going to end up and still have like kinks to work out from that. Um, So it is that the little bit of research at the beginning pays off versus, yeah, you could have gone down the rabbit hole of like, I should get an LMS system. That makes sense for me. And then you're just crying under your bed. Just, yeah. (laughs) exactly why won't it load exactly it's sort of like if you buy a system that you're you or your staff don't know how to use then you have a whole nother thing right yeah that you've you, actually you've added really a, invested you've added another project on top of the course creation you also have to learn the platform and i think that's a that's a very important one to point out yeah. for sure like doing the simplest you cannot understate the like doing the simplest thing first is so such a good yeah. decision yeah okay so you've made an e-course uh but now you know, you, you don't just hit open and like the floodgates open <laughs> and just hundreds of signups happen just <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Uh, so what did you learn about marketing? How did you spread the word for this course? What are your what are your takeaways here? Yeah, so we started probably six weeks out from selling the course, putting out content around fueling and seeing what kinds of things people responded to. Did right. you talk about the fact that you were having an e-course that was coming soon or did you just like? Not at the beginning. At the beginning, we're just talking about fueling, you know, we're just like, here's some information. Like, let's see if people are interested in these topics. Right. Um, and they they were. Um, and then in the next phase, we went into a drive to a wait list for the course. So that's when we started to tell people we've got this course coming, you know, and here's that. And then after that, then the course went on sale for, I think it was a week or maybe 10 days. Um, Catherine Taylor, who's, I know she's been on your podcast here. She does all of our sales stuff. But the other interesting thing, and we talked about this before the show a little bit, is that like Instagram and Facebook, you cannot guarantee they're going to show your content to your own people. Especially if it's content where you're trying to drive them away from Instagram and Facebook. So anytime you're saying like, go to our site, link in bio, check out my course. Yeah. They're just like, we're going to hide this shit. Yeah. So like most of the ads we ran were to make sure that the people that follow us on Instagram and Facebook know that we're doing a course. And if they're interested in said course, 
that they know they can sign up via a waitlist. So then we have their email, we can come back and say, okay, this is what the course is actually about. And they can choose if they want it or not. So that's kind of like, we paid, we had to pay for that. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially like, you know, once you start putting on Instagram, like once anything looks even slightly adsy, like it's a graphic or something like that, you'll get, I mean, you probably find this too, like you can get, we have like, take it up 10, 15, 20,000 people on an account and get like five likes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh man. Very upsetting. Yeah. Like, but this is a really good infographic. I'm not even selling anything. I'm just trying to like show you the five things about this. And yeah, yeah Instagram's still like, nope, nope. You got to pay for people to see that. Damn it. Yeah. And that said about, sorry, like that said about our six week timeline with the sales cycle, like that's super short. Mm-hmm. Like we could, I see other companies like selling, especially if you're selling a bigger course, like this was, like I said, this is a hundred dollar course. If we were selling a $500 course or a thousand dollar course, we might, you might start six months or a year out, mm-hmm. right? It's like, here's the content, some content that's educational about the types of things you talk about in the course, get your audience kind of excited or seeing that you're talking about that, you know, if they're responding, like you could start that months before Mm -hmm. you know and in future we will so this has all just been like a a learning curve for us too of like how we run ads what kind of works how we get people onto the wait list and also like the feedback from them like like we've talked about a couple times like what they're actually interested in yeah yeah now would you ever what's your thing what's your thought on because i know there is like the popular marketing thing of like marketing your course and putting up the waitlist before you've even like made the course right. well <laughs> we kind of were like half and half on that like our course was our like even the last module i'll tell you this the last module that's coming out in five days has not been completely reviewed <laughs> yet <laughs> so we did launch it and sell it before we were done it but not before we knew what the course was and had like the best part of the content in there. Like we knew where it was going. It was just in a review process or there's certain studies missing and we're looking for things and adding links and and stuff like that. Not, or like recording videos later, but we know what the content of the video is going to be. hundred (laughs) percent. Yeah. Um, I think that's okay. I think where people might get into trouble is like when they just put out the like wait list and they actually like haven't done anything on it because as we said all of this stuff takes so much more time than you would expect so yeah. i could see like i know i would definitely get in trouble with that like have a like big wait list and then be like oh crap i've run out of time there's lots of like a wait list it's kind of interesting because it's like okay it's okay to have a wait list as long as no one's paid you money true <laughs> you know like you could gauge interest in that way and then if you're like oops a daisy i don't i'm not doing this course like well i guess yeah if you only have like three people on your wait list and you need you know you need like 200 to break even on it then uh there's there's your answer exactly you can send a nice note to those people and apologize mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah fun. like in some ways the wait list is actually like a super good gauge now in others this is like one of those you only it's the boy who cried wolf kind of thing you can only wait yeah, yeah. so many That's times true. True. and keep canceling them yeah only before. do that once yeah <laughs> the yeah, other thing like before <laughs> before doing that too and this is something i can't understand why more people don't do this with social media like we literally have this we have these platforms where like everyone, there's billions of people on these platforms and you can test out what people want. 
in like a very low key way. Like even if you have like you said, like if you have like a hundred or two hundred people on your Instagram page, right? You can put out a piece of content and see like if fifty out of your hundred people respond to that, and people are commenting, then you've got that immediate feedback of like this is actually what people want, and you could do that over and over and over again, mm-hmm. right? And so why we become so it's like you said earlier like where people get attached to like no this is what I want to do and what I want to say which is also important right you have to maintain some of that core like your core values and what you when where you're going yeah like you guys couldn't do a like fueled course how to lose weight like that would not (laughs) have worked (laughs) yeah exactly exactly like you have to it has to be aligned with your core values yeah like lose that last five pounds uh yeah, not, no, not exactly. The <laughs> not the thing, not the thing. But if we put out, like, let's say we could put out a quote card that has too much science jargon on it. And people might go, huh, what does that mean? Or the opposite, like we've dumbed it down too much. And people are like commenting, like, actually, branch chain amino acids, duh, 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 right? Like, oh, our audience is smart, is like smart and switched on. And they want a little bit deeper on the science. So like, you can figure that stuff out. You have a free platform to do that on. Yep, yep. And you and I talked about this briefly at Sea Otter, and this is sort of tangential to marketing, and I want to get back to marketing, but you and I talked about this. When you are making the e-course, I think if you're someone who already shows up a lot on Instagram, like on Reels, on TikTok, on on podcasts, um, you're pretty used to speaking fairly off the cuff and not editing yourself so much, or you you do kind of casual blog posts, but you're not really going back and like scouring them because it is free content. Mm -hmm. Now, you and I talked about this at Sea Otter. The amount that you went back through that course and you were just making sure you didn't say something like you guys. Yeah. Um, or we were even talking about, you know, it's such a natural thing to say female athlete instead of woman athlete, because frankly, I'm going to say it, woman athlete is still just a mouthful. It like it's it's really difficult to get used to saying that instead of female athlete, but they're too like it's a very different message at this point. Mm-hmm. Like which one you say. Um can you speak on like how precise you wanted to be with this one? Yeah. I mean, in addition to some of the things you're talking about, I also was very cognizant of like not pulling the language through, say, from the physiology textbook into like how we, so, and what I mean by that is like the physiology textbooks are literally written like men have more testosterone and therefore they are better at all of these things. Women are worse. (laughs) Like it's literally like, it's literally like the male norm. <laughs> it's like, that's, you know, and then, then like, why are women not as good? At it? <laughs> like, and so, because that's the science, like we haven't studied women's bodies. Like that's how it is. And that like, it, even if you're trying not to, it's hard to not talk that way. It's All not of these not... books came through the male gaze. Like that's how they were written. Literally. Yes. Yes. And so you're like, okay. And then you're trying to present, you know, and so like, I remember um, Alex, who's our phys- sports physiologist, um, framing, like trying to frame the, the um, puberty piece where like, when men go through puberty, they have increased testosterone, which makes them better at a lot of things related to sport, right? When women go through puberty, they get better at making babies, right? Like, it's a like... <laughs> You know, it's different. It's different than what, like, so it's just a different way of framing it. Like, instead of being like, they get worse at sport, <laughs> right? 
Yeah. <laughs> Their bodies are shifting to do a different, like different mechanism here. Yeah, exactly. I like so I like it. So I like what, sorry, I sort of went tangential there, but like, I just kind of wanted to make sure like all of the language was good and smooth in that way. Um, and inclusive. And so I edited, especially those first two, the ones where we talk about diet culture, body image. That's what I was doing that day when I saw you at Sea Otter was like last minute making sure that we can bring as many people along with us with the language we were using. And I feel like, you know, Celine Yeager edited all of those things, which was amazing. Um, and in the science, for example, in the science chapters, like I didn't edit anything in there. Like that's not my wheelhouse, but some of that social science stuff and the history, I just, I just wanted it to be, to bring everyone with us. So that was re-editing and re-editing. Yeah. 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 Like it's to do it right. Like there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and coming, okay. So now I'm going to come back to marketing. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Instagram and paid ads and Facebook and the algorithm, but let's talk about the fact that most of your sales are going to come through your newsletter. (laughs) Yes. And your email list, right? So like not just, you know, we have our newsletters, right? So, but we also created a separate list that is who is interested in the course. Like this is the wait list for the course. Mm -hmm. And that list we was separate. So you could sign up for that list from Instagram or from our newsletter or from anywhere. That also gave us a really good idea of how many we were going to be able to sell. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, because people, I mean, I've had people before assume that like, because someone's on the wait list, they're going to buy the course. Right there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like the, Going on the way, this is not giving you a hundred dollars, right? Like, so, um, yeah, so definitely we did like a drive towards a wait list and then you have, but then like later, you know, you have, we also talked about how, I think this was before the show, like how it used to be seven or eight impressions you had to make mm-hmm. in marketing before someone would buy something from you. Um, and I've heard recently that it's more like 21 now because so we're, yeah, very upsetting because we have all of this. Um, you know, because we have so much marketing materials thrown at us all day and we're on our phones more, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I think that like, maybe if someone saw the course during the waitlist the first time, you know, that might be their second or third time they've heard of Beisty and, and the fueled course. And so, but then they're, you know, then they're in the system. We can talk to them. They can know if what we're about is also what they're about and maybe they'll decide to buy later. Um, so yes, we definitely like the sales come from the list. And the list comes from social media. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also have this like whole podcast network of people like working, you know, not for you, but like working alongside of you and promoting this content. And I think that's something that, you know, maybe, maybe kind of goes a little like people just don't notice it as much because it's hopefully it is showing up 21 times and they just kind of don't think about it. But I think to, to put together a successful launch, and I mean, people can do this, whether it's a podcast literally in their network in this case, but you could do it with, you know, friends podcasts and friends feeds and stuff. So like the the actual like involving sort of your network as sort of your your marketer is not in like a creepy MLM kind of way, but in like a like honest, genuine kind of way. We did affiliates for the course when we launched it so that it would show up. So the course launch would show up on p- different people's social media channels. And with our group and um, with some of our feisty ambassadors, 
And but we gave them like I gave them a good cut. Like it was like 30 to 50% depending on I I think I'm okay to say that honestly on the thing. Like that's a lot of your profit to to kind of quote unquote give away. But like I do not underestimate how um hard marketing is. Like if somebody has built up an audience and can sell courses, they can have like sure they can have 50% because that how the time and effort it takes to build their audience to tr- for their audience to trust them and then them in turn trusting us to provide a good course for the people they're selling to like that's a whole that's a whole thing and so it's it has value for sure mm-hmm. and i mean the the hope with the the first iteration of the course really is that you know you have a fairly full course that then those people in turn are telling their friends about it afterwards and become the advocates for the next round of courses. Yeah. Word of mouth is definitely still like the best kind of market. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've seen that with the outspoken summits and stuff like it. I'm sure most of that is, oh yeah, my friend came last year and it was amazing. So they told me to come. Yeah. We want people to have a good experience. And the other thing I'll say just on marketing is that like, I really do think that every business now needs to be a media company in some way, right? Like you have to have social media people. You have to think about your email list. You have to think about other things that you might do like videos, podcasts, etc. Like that's just our reality. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say depressing as it is, but being as I am in many, many media companies, I'm a pretty big fan of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like we're really learning. You can't really exist without some level of free content, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why not? I mean, it's amazing. You can go on social media now. You can tell your story. You can tell all about like the reason that you're creating this business, the, the change that you want to see, what you want to do. Like you can talk about it in like a hundred different platforms, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And you then, and you can know, like I said before, like you can know how people respond to it and you can know what form of the message they respond best to, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Now all of this makes me just sort of assume that you spend like all day, every day with your phone in your hand on Instagram going through. And I'm very well aware that that is not the case. So maybe while we've talked a big game about social media, could you maybe like share some like strategy you have for not being attached to your phone all day, every day, but still getting this, getting this all out? Yeah, I, um, I definitely don't like, I don't use social media that much besides for the business. Right. And if I'm find myself scrolling, I know that it's because I'm tired. So I like don't beat myself up. I stop. Like, what am I doing right now? What do I need? You know, that's how I kind of set that boundary on one side. Right. On the other side, I often go on to social media with very specific goals. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedas. Hedas designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedas unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male biased industry. Hedas have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, 
a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedas has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedas at Hedas.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedas.com and it will all be in the show notes. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% Mulberry Silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. 
how much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose. Okay, so if we haven't scared people away from the idea of doing an e-course, and we don't mean to, like, let's yeah. be clear, e-courses- Don't be scared. E-course is awesome. Just, you know, more labor intensive than you might think from the targeted ads that you get on Instagram that are like, make an e-course today. Um, so, you know, just want to give that caveat. It is a really great way of reaching your audience. And it's, you know, as you kind of pointed out in the beginning, it allows you to reach your audience at a price point that, you know, might be more attainable for people than one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one coaching. We do have a lot of coaches that are on mm -hmm. here. So this is sort of a great thing to think about as a, you know, extension of your, your coaching that can maybe reach a wider audience. So yeah, absolutely. Definitely that. Um, but when we talk about, uh, you know, I was about to say, and it is like a great potential passive income source, but it isn't really that passive because you do still need to be keeping an eye on it, even if it is just a course that lives online and anyone can take it any time. You're still going to be constantly, you know, marketing it and, you know, keeping an eye on it and updating it. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's I don't think, like I don't know if there's any such thing as passive income. Like, honestly, right? Like, like the idea, like, even if you have a course and you don't run it cohort based like we did, and it just sits on your website for sale, you still have to do a sales cycle on it. People aren't just going to find it, you know, like the number of people that Google something, find a course and click it, buy it right away are there's that's that happens, but it's few and far between, right? Like you still have to create you still have to think about your marketing. Yeah. And certainly with any of any of this kind of courses, the research is going to be evolving, right? Like you may need to do updates to it this time next year because we actually have more research on women and you know, women athletes and performance nutrition. And it might not even be like a huge change where it's like, oh, we have to, you know, completely change this module, but it might be, oh, we need to update it because new research is out and, you know, we want to link to the latest research. So even if yeah. the research hasn't changed, even just linking to the most current. Yes. We even had to do that even during the process of the three months that we built the first course where it's like, oh, wait, here's another study. Okay. How do we, you know, and it's just putting a link in, mm -hmm. but you have to go back and read it and figure it out. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Now that I've scared even more people away, I apologize for that. Yeah. <laughs> Still a great idea. Um, <laughs> if someone is like, okay, I'm going to do it. This sounds difficult, but like, it's really worthwhile. And I think it is. What would you say are sort of some of the first steps you would suggest someone take to putting one of these together? Yeah. So I would say literally I know this answer because that is what we are doing now. So we are working on our second and third courses. We just started. Um, And so the first thing that we did was we met with a group of people that are going to be involved from within the inside of our company. If it's just you, that's cool. Process is the same. Um, And we like you said earlier, Molly, we sketched out exactly what each of the modules are going to be. Um, actually, the first thing we did was decide, was figure out why we had a whole worksheet. Like, what is it that we're doing and why, right? And what are we hoping the value is going to be? And who's our audience? Who are we hoping is going to buy this? And then the sketch of the of the outline of what each module is and the journey we're hoping to take the, them on. I love it. I love that you did start with why, even though you have had an e-course now. So it would, I think, be very easy to just like, boom, what's the next? Boom, what's the next? Mm -hmm. So to actually pause for that beat and reflect on the why, I think. Yeah. Like, what is the value that we're adding here? You know, Mm -hmm. that we don't, that you don't find elsewhere. Uh, And then I think the second step would be like to take some of that outline. And like we mentioned earlier, to create a little content around it and see what kind of feedback you get from people if they are interested in certain aspects or other aspects. Like, so even from the beginning, when we planned the mo- each of the modules, we planned, we actually ended up adding a, another science module because we had all of this LEA, Red S um, kind of information, the female athlete triad, and it just kept going and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're like, this is a whole module. It's going to be now like like the consequences of underfueling boom and that's that's now module five so that's the kind of thing that like happens it kind of evolves and like we talked about earlier just testing out who's interested in what Mm -hmm. yeah I love it I love it and then what about for you know anyone doing like who's thinking about doing video content that maybe hasn't done video content so say someone actually wants to do their whole e-course like they're the expert they're going to be talking about it I would actually say maybe my other tip I'd add to this would be get yourself in front of a camera and this could just be your webcam. It could be whatever. And actually maybe even just try to deliver like five minutes of it just to get a sense of what it feels like to be on camera if you haven't (laughs) done something like that before. Because I think for a lot of people, you know, you just kind of like, you're like, okay, and then I record that video. Done. Right. Uh, (laughs) Probably worth that easy. do a do a three to five minute video and you could even repurpose it for social. Like that could actually be creating a, a thing for social that's sort of towards the course, but it at least gives you a sense of what it's going to be like to create the whole course. Yeah. And we, you know, you could, that's an area where you can lean into your strengths too. So a lot of the fueled course is actually written content because mm-hmm. there's so many external links to like to research, right? So it has, each module has a video at the beginning and some of them have to another one or two videos, but there's a lot of written content with graphics um, included with, so if you have, like, if you're good at drawing things, cool. If you're good at writing, cool. If you're good at videos, if you have audio content, the other thing you can do is like use external content. Like I've seen courses that start with like, watch this Ted talk, Mm -hmm. like you don't have to necessarily create all of the content yourself. If you think about how you did 
university courses, if you went to university or even in high school, like you go and you read other people's stuff. It's like, read this book, read this article, watch this video, come back and we discuss, right? So that's another way to learn. So there's lots of different ways that you can piece together what you want to do. You don't, doesn't necessarily mean you have to sit in front of a camera. And honestly, I found it hard. Like I talk on podcasts like three or four times a week, but when I have to introduce a topic (laughs) on a video, like I had to edit those videos. I had to edit myself. And then you're trying to figure out where to look. You know, it's a, it's a different beast. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm so glad you mentioned that we should have we should have really touched on that earlier, but you're right. When I think of e-course, video automatically pops to my mind just because of like your master classes, your skill shares. But you're so right. And like I'm not a video learner. I actually like really dislike video courses or like video heavy courses. So yeah, for me, if I was making a new e-course now, I think you're right. I would not focus on video. And now there's so many easy ways to create great graphics and stuff like that. You know, Canva is an awesome tool to create those graphics and like infographics and whatever else you need, even animations. Um, And, you know, we can talk about like, there's so many ways to even do video without being on video uh, and that are relatively inexpensive. So I think that's absolutely well worth pointing out for sure. Yeah. Some of the feedback we are getting is that it's actually that people wanted more videos. So I think that you're right, that that expectation that an online course has a lot of videos is kind of real, right? And I think in an ideal world, like as we continue to develop this course and the future ones, it's there's kind of a both and so you can speak to people with different types of learning. Um, What do you call that? who learn in different ways, basically. So you can have the video for the people who are more visual, but then it's also for the same content, just kind of written below it. So that's my ideal world that we're building towards. Now, when you've thought about these new courses, are, are you trying to think, are you thinking about being completely different than Fueled? Are you thinking about building off of Fueled, like tangential to, like, how are you sort of thinking about this? Because I think this is the other really interesting concept about e-courses, right? Like, do you want them to all connect really neatly or are they in their own buckets? Yeah, they're definitely in their own buckets. Um, so I think one is going to be, one's going to be kind of a low cost course that is strength training basics, Ooh. you know? So we have really found in a lot of our communities that like giving people a little bit of a leg up of understanding like what people say, oh, like lift heavy shit, just go lift heavy shit. Well, what, what does that mean? (laughs) Right? Like, and the gym is like intimidating. It's not designed for us in the first place. Even me, like I was a professional athlete, right? But I wouldn't want to walk into the lifting gym, the Olympic lifting gym that's around the corner here and try to pick up some weights and pretend I know what I'm doing, right? So like, (laughs) even after five years of CrossFit. So like, I think that there's a space to um, provide some education pieces that will help folks feel like more comfortable in those spaces and getting started and know where to start and what they're choosing and why for their strength program. So that's a piece that we want to speak to. And then the other one's going to be, the big one's going to be our menopause course. Um, which will essentially be like a guide, like your guide to menopause. This is going to be our bigger, more robust course that covers all the topics. We like lean heavily on Celine Yeager to pull in like the experts that she knows from the podcast to talk about all the different topics and also essentially to be the guide, like to be the woman who knows like 
if this, you need this, <laughs> you know, because there's 6,000 different ways to go through perimenopause and menopause. So um, that's a bigger project that's probably won't be ready until 2024. Yeah. Oh, that's very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. And anything else we should keep our eyes open for with Feisty? And I mean, even just like, when is the rough date for the next, the new cohort of the Fueled course? Oh yeah. Great question. So we're going to do a summer school cohort that will be on sale in June. So like kind of early to mid June, look out for that on, you know, you can look for it on Feisty Women's Performance and also Feisty Media. Um, Just get on the wait list there. So we're going to do summer school for that. And then in the fall, again, we will um, do another. And the fueled course will just continue to be improved all the time. Perfect. And what is the website where people can go and sign up for the wait list? Oh, it's very easy. It's fueledcourse.com. Perfect. And if you're a Canadian and you spell it with two L's, it will still take you there. <laughs> Let me tell you, as someone who's trying to help someone edit a, a book for Strong Girl Publishing right now, the Canadian versus American spelling of things is driving me absolutely bananas, mm-hmm. especially because we have defense in the title. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, uh, it's literally oh. one of like the two words that are going to be like difficult with that. So... Totally. We I feel you know, the pain. Yeah, we eventually just all changed our um computers to American spelling so it wouldn't so it would spell check us in American spellings. And ultimately, like as a Canadian, I kind of hate to do that. It means like words look wrong to me. And I don't like I love our Canadian spellings or whatever, but I think in reality, we decided like as Canadians, we kind of look at Amer- American spellings and understand that they're American spellings. And sometimes as Americans folks don't necessarily understand. They just think a word is spelled wrong. No offense. No, that's literally exactly what I said with the title. I was like, if we leave it with the Canadian spelling, we're going to get a bunch of people that are going to be like, you spelled it wrong. Right. Versus the Canadians are going to be like, ah, yes, you used the American spelling. Right. It's just kind of how it is. So So there you have it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Fueledcourse.com. Awesome. Sarah, thank you as always. So wonderful to chat with you and catch up. Yeah, thank you so much, Molly. This was fun. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tofosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. Tofosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They are shatterproof poly bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tofosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in feisty media to get 20% off your order. 
That's FM20 at tofosioptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. I've been taking amino acids for almost a year, and in combination with eating quality protein and a couple other supplements, I have managed to turn the tides on age-related muscle loss, which starts at 30 for women, by the way, and I have continued to make strength gains as I head towards 50. AminoCo has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with AminoCo Perform, and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. 